Welcome to The Modern Farmer, a podcast by Man Farms. 2020 has been a unique and challenging year for everybody across the globe. The brothers sit down and share their stories about how 2020 went and how 2021 is going to exceed everything that's happened in the past. So sit back, relax, and ring in the new year with The Modern Farmer Podcast. All right, episode number 37. Welcome to the Modern Farmer Podcast. I'm your co-host, Amir Man. I'm your co-host, Gaurav Man. You need some wine. No, no wine, dude. Coffee tonight only, man. I need some wine. We're drinking too much. We're on vacation. Every day without wine is a day without sunshine. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the year. Because I think... a long year. There's some surprises that we encountered in regards to revenue and just overall attendance records that we didn't see and think that we would experience that we should mention. So I don't know, I'll, I'll just start. So in regards to strawberries, like in when everything hit in March, we're like, okay, we gotta plant a little bit extra strawberries. So I had the opportunity and we did plant extra acreage of strawberries and then we were intended to do so. Why did you wanna plant more? Just because that we would, we thought that people are going to stay local and stay within Amateur, they're not gonna be traveling, and people are gonna want berries or want food. And there was a big, oh yeah, I remember, there was a big, there was a big scare of food security going around because a lot of a lot of labor was unavailable to come and come on time due to Corona because, you know, Mexican, Mexican labor or, or foreign workers from Mexico are the key backbone of, of our agriculture industry locally. And without them, many farmers would not be able to produce the type of harvest or output or yields that we were expected to. So, so I, was, I just thought that we should plant more. You planted more strawberries before you found out Mexican labor was not going to come? Possibly not going to come? Or did you, find out, did you plant them after? After. So you planted them after they yeah. came? After. After, so after the food security scare. After the food security scare. But at that point, did you know that they were going to come or not? I, I, I had a strong feeling that our guys were going to be able to come because they're, they're so consistent. So yeah, it's so consistent. Everything is dialed in. We do our paperwork yeah. on time. It's pretty funny because they were going to come and the day before they came, the restrictions came in place and they weren't allowed to come. Yeah, it was something like that going on. There was, there, yeah, right the day before. Yeah, the exactly. The day before. Yeah, exactly. we They were supposed to arrive and then we got an uh, email saying they're not going to come. We were watching. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> but so anyways... Everything was so brand new. They came, etc., and then they stayed in a hotel for two weeks. They literally were prison inside a hotel. It was a nice hotel near yacht. Um, the government paid for everything, which was really good for farmers, and they even paid for their wage when they were here. And I, I think, like, I think that was really good that the government did that. And that's like in hindsight, it's really good. Obviously, it was difficult to work with because we expected them to come, but then they had to. When they came, they stayed for two weeks, so we were behind, like literally behind. So we couldn't wait. We just worked and worked and worked and whatever we could, and, and and that's just that's just the mentality we have, and so it was fine. But in regards to the season, the, all the strawberries, the extra strawberries that planted, they were used, they were harvested, and we we definitely did have a shortage. The anticipation of of you know meeting the need, the the, the demand that we'd have with the increase in supply, it wasn't enough. We still should have planted more. So that was cool in the strawberry side of things. And it's, it, it was a good thing, you know, from an economic standpoint because you're selling your entire harvest. 
And there was that times where you're like, you said like you need strawberries, and I was like, holy shit, well we gotta think about that before we run out. So that was cool. The question here is that, would you have sold as many strawberries as you sold without a pandemic? Or would you have, or did you sell more because of the pandemic? No, I wouldn't have sold that much because I planted more. I was wanted to have had access so to it. So without the pandemic, yes. you wouldn't have sold more? No, I wouldn't have sold that much, as much as we did. Because you sold out of, of, of the increase because of the food security scare you planted more that's essentially more essentially yeah okay. and so that was difficult like you know we're still in march but then you think about april may and usually for us we have an easter egg hunt event we never did that event we canceled it just because of um the restrictions etc that was going on so that was really tough and then we didn't know when we'd be able to open or what the regulations was and we we're just working past that and knowing if we even could be open and because we're an essential farm, we, we, we grow over 80 acres. And a lot of the people that do come to the farm are coming to purchase uh, produce and food. And so we're deemed an essential business. So you're allowed to be open. You just have to follow all the work safe guidelines. There's a lot of questions around that. I remember like, are we essential? Are we not essential? Are we able to open? What are we gonna do? Just do curbside. Actually, we, didn't we do something for Easter? We did do a drive-through event. We did a drive-through Holy event. Holy shit, drive it's Easter. a long year. Yeah, and that was that was hella successful too, man. We had lineup. It was fun. I was in the kitchen, freaking putting sugar on the crepes. Yeah, you mom. <laughs> okay, so then that was really cool that we did the drive-through. That was so busy, but then moving further on into like the farm, and usually we're open, but we wouldn't. I don't think we opened until strawberry started, which was the end of May, and that was odd. I guess we were a month and a half behind, right? Yeah. And being open initially, there was a fear aspect of. How many hours do we need to be open? How many days do we need to be open? What do we need to be doing? And because we're selling strawberries, we did a lot of U-Pick. U-Pick was like, holy shit, sold out. Like big time sold out. I remember the field was just packed and there was like barely any strawberries in the field and we'd have to like close the fields and open them back up, pre-sell buckets, pre-sell, oh my, that was such a chaos. We, this year, we've always sold our berries per pound, right? This year we had to sell per bucket. bucket yeah. That was crazy because then some people would go out there and not fill their bucket and come back and say, well, what about the money that I just lost? Yeah. And it's, you have to, if you are, even myself or if you're an adult, you can pick a bucket pretty fast, especially if there's berries in the field. But then it was a juggling act and making sure there's berries in the field and people bought buckets. So it's like every day, should we open this? Should we close that? Should we open this? Should we close that? And it's not it's, like that's something we did new, and I feel like when you do something new that no one's done before, it's education. Like yeah, next year they're gonna come back and be like, oh, I have to do a bucket this time, so let's pick a bucket. Yeah, it's you know, it's good though because at the same time there's way less con- like contact with customers. You don't have to come back um, to, to the to the store to weigh your bucket. We were selling buckets, right? right? And you sell the bucket online, yeah. and they just take it to the field. Yeah. And it's easy. It's easy to control from our from from business aspect, but also easy for the customers too because you know you're gonna. You're gonna pick like an eight pound bucket, right? You yeah. know you what you're paying for. So I think that was good too. Mm. Um, also, it's also such good marketing too because people take a bucket home, right? So that's beast. Yeah. I know this guy from Naftima, he's been charging $5 for a bucket of strawberries since like 20 years ago. He's like, you pay me $5 to get a bucket, you leave. Holy shit. Cash only. He's probably, he's probably caking it. He's probably caking it like 100%. he is. Like, you built such a big clientele because it's such a simple thing to do, right? Yeah. No, 100%. And so then that was May, and then we were doing wholesaling strawberries at the same time. Wholesale was crazy. We had drivers on the go. We had a solid system. We had a, a, a tracking software that we were using this year, and it was really dialed in, and I was really happy about it. Um, and then what happened after that? Raspberries, blueberries. Did we do any events? Talk about festival? 
But we didn't do any events during summer, right? It was mostly just being open, doing farmer's markets. We didn't do the strawberry festival. It's been a long year. Let's talk about farmer's markets real quick. Farmer's markets this year sucked. It sucked, right? Hella sucked. Yeah. Revenue was down big time. Like insane. I think revenue was down, I would say, one third from previous years. And it has to do... It has to do with social distancing, I think, because some farmers, some farmers markets restricted the amount of uh, people were allowed to come into the farmers market at one time, which is really good for the public. But you'd have to wait an hour just to get into the farmers market. Trout Lake was an hour wait some days. Yeah, that's crazy. I also know that you cannot go back. You had to go straight through. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a big yeah, thing yeah, too, because yeah. if you're in the front of the market, you, people are like, "Oh, I don't want. I, I don't know if I, I have to buy, buy it." Yes. Or they're like, "Oh, I'll come back," but they can't come back, right? So I remember that. Yeah, like exactly. If you're a strawberry vendor at the very beginning, you're high likely to sell your items supposed to people at the end because yeah. Well, um, either or because Jesus. people won't be like, oh, "I need to compare prices." Insane, right? Insane. So it's like you have to do it because the public is safer, yeah. but it sucks. Yeah, exactly. So that really sucked. Yeah. Um. Moving on. I to think the big thing about our farm, because we had a pretty good year, is that on a farm you can social distance really easy. Yeah. And people feel safe. Yeah. On a farm, especially when you have a petting zoo, especially when you have a pumpkin patch, you pick. You're you're getting berries and products that are fresh, and you're outdoors. Kids have nothing to do, and they come to a farm. Yeah. You know. Hundred percent. I think it was also what was really hard, is. Um, employees it was so hard to find really good drivers i remember that we would we we would get 60 applications 30 people would respond about half people would respond via email and then we'd have a, a a day set up for interviews about 15 people but only three or four people would show up That's how it is. and i did an interview i did an mm-hmm. interview with um margaret margaret something um from cbc and I, I told her that online so that was that was pretty shocking yeah didn't dad stop some guy on the side of the street, get pissed off, and he called some news network? Yeah, some guy on the side of the street. Like, yeah. This guy is freaking not working because he has Serb. And then he got picked up on like five news channels. Yeah, dad. They kept calling him. Dad, I think dad was, dad had a conversation with someone that um, is always walking the streets regularly. And we noticed that he started walking the street. Dad noticed when the curb program started. And, and he usually, I think he drives a truck, and my dad goes, uh, you know what's going on? You're always walking the streets. He's like, I get to sit at home and collect a two thousand dollar check. Why would I go work? So da- dad was annoyed, and then so he pissed. called one of the the local news channels, and then they made a big deal. And I think he got uh, four or five interviews that week because you know one 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 news program picks you up. The restaurant wants to want to talk yeah. about it, and he was just talk, discussing about how it's really hard for small businesses to find labor um, and hire employees because of the curb program. Yeah. After that happened, not after that, but after that whole thing happened, there was a good, really good initiative from the, the government where they help small businesses with wage subsidy. So if as long as you could show that you're making X amount less, I think it was 30% less than the previous month. Yeah, previous, previous year, year, that same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you would get a wage subsidy for your employees. I think it was like 70%, it was 75%. 70%, like legit. So that was really helpful. Yeah. across the board because then you know you can you can try to attract better clientele or create more attractive uh, jobs for for employees or for potential employees to come and work for you so I think that was really helpful mm. 
Yeah, that's, that was, you know, that's, that had, I think those three challenges or thing, thing, three things that we just mentioned are essentially what wrapped this whole year up was on a farm, there's so much space, so that helped with tourism, food security, and having access to food. You know, everyone's focused on where your food coming from, quality of food, getting food, and buying food. And then the last thing being employees and having good good workforce. Because as long as you're a business that can think of an innovative strategy to pivot during the virus, um, you know, in regards to offering the same type of product or service, but in a social distant manner, and you have employees to help you, you can get through everything. I think that's why we were able to survive and get through everything is that we were, we had the willingness to innovate, but then we also had really good employees from the previous years to help us through it, right? You had such good people inside the winery. Um, I have some great people here at the office. Kayla was a big part of it. Jake was a big part of it. Um, and I think that has really helped us yeah. be who we are this season, right? Mm-hmm. Because then moving on to October, it, that was a gong show. Holy shit. Just, you know, I think what we're saying here at the end of the day is that we had an exceptional year. And we were able to innovate into that except, exceptional year. We followed the guidelines. We did what anyone else had to do. And I don't know what it is, but we got really lucky that people would come to their business. They spend money. They bought wine. They bought berries. And they, like, you know, they, 100%. everybody talked about the economy being shit. But like, we didn't see that on the farm. Yeah, it was, it was different because... Everybody thought that the, exactly like what you're saying. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. It, it was different because from our perspective, we're but some like some companies are doing so well. Even when you you're trading stocks and you see that like Costco's up, Walmart's up, like the main retail stores that people are gonna go to that lean on, yeah. they're all up, mm. right? So those have been around before the. the there's the industries virus. that got killed, crushed though. Yeah, restaurants, hospitality, shit. hospitality, like restaurants, hotels. Cruise lines, just washed. airlines, they got sh- like washed, like hundred percent. Yeah, so there's like. But Airbnb did well. Airbnb did really well. Holy shit! There's a place that I booked. Oh, I told you this. I booked a place in Defino, and usually the booking time for that is three months or whatever, or four months at lead time. I booked it for July, mm-hmm. and I booked it a month and a half ago. So that's like almost eight months away, and it was because it's already for next booked. Next July, up. you booked it. Yeah, it's coming July. Wow. Yeah. So you booked it in 2019? 2021. Or you booked it for 2021? July. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's yeah. nothing else available. Yeah, that's so crazy. Is any any company that was able to pivot or any company that provided a foundational product or service essentially did well? Or any company that helped you? I think you needed a backbone. Follow the though. guidelines. You needed a backbone. That's the thing. The thing about our business, our business is a backbone. Like, we've been through tough times. Yeah, 100%. Because of that, we're like, you know, this is like, we're able to go through this and be successful still. Yeah. And that has to do with our community supporting local businesses. It just goes back into it. So it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, another right? aspect I'm looking at, like, thinking about right now, is people are coming, spending money on your farm. You, We take that money and we give them a better experience next year. Yeah. Right, so they're paying for their experience to get better. Hundred percent. Look at the haunted cornmeal. People came three years ago. That money we spent. Now we have a freaking like there's a 
freaking round thing you feel like you're falling and shit and there's like yeah how you make the community so much better no one else yeah. offers this right in Abbotsford it makes it puts Abbotsford on map yeah 100% only Tool Festival it's killer man you know how much yeah. money they make they put it back into it mm. it's, it's unreal Tool Festival is closed though though they were closed they got hit really hard because the shit went down like a month right before yeah they got right hit really before. hard yeah it was insane man some businesses got destroyed some businesses just yeah. got tossed yeah. hopefully she has a killer year though I think so. I think so because a lot I of people so. missed it, and that gap it just creating like you know people are really gonna want to go. Yeah. So it's it's it's, coming ins- up. it's insane. It's coming up. But fall though, October. Yeah. Holy shit. Why do you think it was too busy? It was it was I think the number one reason why it was so busy is that people had nothing else to do mm. in October. It's true. Literally nothing else. It's true. Like some pumpkin patches were closed. A lot of them were open. But like, what do you even like? What did you do during summer? You didn't travel anywhere. No. You weren't able to go get that picture anywhere of you know of traveling or doing this or doing that. So you wanted to go do something. So where would you go to? To a place where you can get like that type of experience of being somewhere else and being immersed in a in a in a fun you know in a in an iconic area. So like the pumpkin patch was beautiful. So I you know I worked out. Yeah. But then the haunted corn maze we're sold out. Like yeah. holy shit, sold out, and that's yeah. insane, right? Yeah. But that was that was that was a trip on its own because I made like a thirty page, thirty five page document in regards to how to deal with the entire situation of having a large amount of people come to the farm and keeping everyone safe. And so we went worked with Fraser Health, we worked with Alvesford, the city of Alvesford, we worked with the fire department, uh, we worked with all the technical BC safety people to make sure everything was safe. It was insane, right? But like that was still just as busy because what did anybody do with this fund? What other haunted house was open? I don't even, was there anything else open? Not that I can think of. I can't think, I think that p did like a, a drive-through. Initially, they were, they were saying p is gonna be closed. But I think they did a drive-through. That is something. Right? That is something. There was like a gallery walk or something that was open, like an yeah. illusionist place. Did you yeah. go to that? No. So I was supposed to go to that, but I never went to it. I never did, it. no. Um, and we charge more for the freaking haunted corn maze. Yeah, we charge a lot more. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's it's we have to limit how many people can come. Yeah. So of course we're sold out. Yeah. Um one of the coolest things I think that we did is that we limited the ticket sales to four to six people. And that was it made it economically viable for us to do the haunted corn maze because yeah. if you think about fifty people, right? And if they're groups of five, so you're dealing with ten separate COVID parties or co- you know um, groups that have social distance. Yeah. But if you're groups of two, then you're dealing with twenty five different groups. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's completely different. So I think, yeah. but that was a big learning curve. It's the same thing with selling buckets of strawberries, though. Yeah. People are not used to it. Next time they come, they're okay. I have to come in a group of four. Yeah, and get a bucket. Of six. Yeah, 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 and share on a bucket and get yeah. a bucket. So. Why I think we should touch on something really cool that we did. What? The freaking um, pumpkin ice cream. Holy shit. The pumpkin ice cream exploded. Dude. I think the pumpkin ice cream made more money than the wine in October. Yo, that was insane. Just the one product. That's insane. Yeah. It went viral. Dude, like, really that... made the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an insane idea. The first day we did it, we did not expect. No, I didn't expect it. I scooped like 500 pumpkins. I Dude. got really good at it. Dude, yeah. In the one day. <laughs> that was... That was insane. People came just for the pumpkin ice just cream. Just for the pumpkin ice cream. They spent $15, took a picture, ate oh some ice cream, threw it in the garbage. Oh my God. Legit, that's what happened. That was bananas, man. It was insane. It was bananas. We were tr- I think we- it'll be just as busy next year too for the pumpkin yeah, ice cream. Yeah, we have to like, we should patent that somehow. Let's call yourself the original. Something like that. The original. Because people are going to copy it for sure. Of course. 
For nice. sure. I was thinking we should we next year we should keep our white pumpkins and do like a, a Christmas pumpkin ice cream. Maybe. Like if I was thinking that. Store them; they don't go bad. They don't go bad, right? Pumpkins right? are pretty hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they so are pretty do hardy. That. I remember we had to buy pumpkins from a different farm because we ran out of all of our pumpkins. We did. Really? Legit had to buy because the, the variety of pumpkins that I grow for that is like I, like a beautiful pumpkin, right? Yeah. It's different, and it's easy to cut. It looks like the perfect shape. And not that many farmers have it, so Taves, they had it, so we had to buy some pumpkins from them. But it wasn't the same either, so like it was crazy. different. Wine popped off this year. Same on foods. <clears throat> same on foods. Like, that came in right after the pandemic, too. Yeah. That was in May. On, in last December, I was like, you know, we need to sell 100 cases in one day. I wrote that on the board, and then in July, we sold 100 cases, 168 cases. That's crazy, man. Right? So that's really cool. You can step up. Like, we like we literally, with Save on Foods, we made a graph, and it's like, it was going linear like this, right? And then with Save on Foods, there was a huge gap up. You know how this gap up yeah. in stock? Yeah. In, Ju- in July, there was a huge gap up. Basically, skipped one year with sales. For us? For us, for the wine sales. We skipped one year. Holy shit. Like legit. Let's Just with being the right customer, right? Being with the right customer. Next year, we want to get into Superstore. There's they don't a, have there's wine. There's three Superstores. One in Mission, one in Richmond, and one somewhere else that carry wine. What the hell? Yeah. How about Whole Foods and stuff? Do they carry wine? Probably in the States. Not no, here. locally here. Not here. There's only so many licenses like to go around. Oh, okay. That's the thing, right? But are you thinking about going with the BC liquor stores then? It's on the precipice. Because, like, there's a community of fruit wineries. It's like 15, 16 wineries are getting together. And they're starting a program called QCP, like quality control or no, something. The, I know the reason why you're not going, like, you're, the reason you're not going with I think we should go is because that. there is a, 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 like a fee or whatever. But it's, I told you before, it's better to We should to go early mover advantage, right? Of course. I've been thinking about that for a while. It's a better thing to do. Even if you're losing money on it, you're still making some. Yeah. Yeah, we, we shouldn't be naive. Like, we should just do it. Yeah, just because you have... It's like being with stock. Just because you're a little bit late to the game doesn't mean that you shouldn't get into it because you're going to be going upwards. It's still going to get you upwards even though you yeah. think you're not going to make the same amount of percentage. <clears throat> like, we're making enough money to lose some and then gain it later. You'll, you'll, you'll be selling at below cost if you sell the BC liquor store? Really close to cost. Jesus Christ. We're making money. We're making money, though. Why can't you increase the price? This liquor store still takes like half. Jesus Christ. And usually, what you what does happen is the VQA wines get like the half back, essentially. I don't know how it exactly works, but I think even if we're making like 10%, 12% on a bottle, just still do it. Of course. Because our name's going to be out there. Of course. I would our do it. branding's going to be out there. There's a, there's a farmer in uh, Florida forgot the Santa Los Santos farm you know Santos farm uh, they have Christmas trees that they sell and they need like different branches they need branches to make different types of ornaments or displays and stuff so they cut them off like just Christmas trees and then what ends up left is like this stick with just like ugly like branches on it and they call it the 2020 tree and they're selling those wow. and people are buying them in droves because it looks like a piece of shit wow that's crazy. Isn't that hilarious? That's crazy. Call it 20 money on something that you're already making money off of. Yeah. yeah. 
That's you know what would be a really good investment? Buy, like, think about a really good basketball player, like rookie card, like LaMelo Ball, right? He might be sick, like, one year. He might be, like, you know, second to the best player in the world. But get the 2020 rookie card. And somehow you could brand it, like, this is, like, COVID year and 2020, and there's only so many of these cards available. And, like, in 30 years, you're worth, like, you know, 20, 30K. Yeah, anything 2020 related that, like, you know? Like, that'd be a cool investment. For sure. What do you do for 2021? Anything I new? Know. I don't know. I want to like I want to start the lounge. Like make sure it looks nice. I just gotta go. I feel like I gotta go like go like shadow somebody who has a lounge or like go to bartending school or something for like a month to see what's up. You know, get pumpkin ice cream. Pumpkin ice cream. You're right. You just need one of those life ideas. Yeah, that's the key. It's the key focus point. You need John Challard, the the wine lounge. You can't just the call it. wine lounge with petting zoo. <laughs> something like that, you know? Lots of call it the goat lounge or something. Or something yeah. like Go for a wine walk, wine and goat walk. Something. It was St. Louis for the Honda Convention Transworld. There's this one bar. It's called the D, D9 lounge or something like that. You can see into the baseball stadium. It's on the very top floor. And it's just cool to be up there and to drink up there. And like even though like everything's a little bit more expensive, it's nothing like crazy food or anything. But like it's always so busy just because you can see into it. Right? It just has mm-hmm. that cute, the cool aspect of all just sitting somewhere and, and eating or, or drinking. It has something attached to it. Yeah. So it needs to be, you need to figure out what that niche is and pick that up and, and be that competitive advantage for the lounge. There's literally nothing else to do with it because at the end of the day, you're, you're going to have food, wine, a waitress, um, a, a hostess. The key things are all going to be there. They just need to be surrounded by that key focal point as to why people come there. That's the, that's the, that's the only thing that matters. And uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Modern Farmer Podcast. This was episode number 37. And uh, we are excited to get this going and get some more information out there. We are happy and ecstatic that you guys are part with us through this journey. All right. Enjoy Good you guys' shit. winter break. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Thanks.